0: Once again, week two of anointed, let's go ahead and define the word anointed because anointed is a brand new term for most of us. For some of us, we've heard it thrown around in culture, Um, but let's define anointed. So to be anointed means to be filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so we we did two or three songs today, uh, two songs with references to the Holy Spirit. And some of you are probably like, what is the Holy Spirit? So I encourage you to go to week one of Anointed. You can catch that on YouTube. And the, the message is called, I Need the Holy Spirit. Go, go back uh, to week one. We, we explain who the Holy Spirit is in, in depth and why you need the Holy Spirit. And, and that'll catch you up to speed. But today I want to lean in on that part, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that empowered portion. And so when, when a person comes to Jesus, they receive what he promised, um, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is God within the believer's heart. The Holy Spirit gives you, if you want to write this down, spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. And the word gifts there, if you're taking notes, means graces or abilities or enablings so it's another word for graces um some people are graced uh, the easiest example uh with the ability to sing and sing well um yes so for those of us worshiping in the congregation keep worshiping and god hears your heart um but he didn't give you the grace um but sing sing to your heart's desire i promise it, it, it's, a, it's a sweet fragrance to the Lord. He loves it, and he gave you your voice, but he gave Ogechi her voice and Natalie her voice, and he, he, he anointed them, you know what I mean? And, and um, So, yeah, but let's define spiritual gifts. All right, here it is. It's supernatural abilities given to us by the Holy Spirit when we come to Christ. Supernatural abilities given to us by the Holy Spirit when we come to Christ. Now I don't want us to think that we can just go around raising the dead. But supernatural, the term is more practical than what it sounds. And that's why we got to get into next week. <laughs> Cuz a lot of people be like, "Well, that's not me. I don't I can't, you know, I'm not supernatural. I'm I'm in I believe in Jesus, but I've never done anything supernatural." Well, I'm here to help you clarify and tap into, into that, okay? Now, there are two types of people that I'm teaching this morning, okay? Number one are those who lack awareness and understanding of spiritual gifts. And so some of you feel like, this isn't for me. I'm kind of like out of the room on this. I'm here, but I'm not here. And it's simply because you're ignorant. It's not a bad word. It just simply means you don't know. Right. You lack awareness or understanding of the gifts of the spirit. You're probably raised in church, but your church never taught on spiritual gifts and the importance of spiritual gifts. And and how Paul being the most uh, uh, gifted and anointed preacher and biblical teacher of all times, he wrote two third of the New Testament. He placed a lot of emphasis on spiritual gifts. And I think if it's in the Bible, it's very important. Okay, it's the word of God. And the second group we're talking to is um, those of you who have experienced unhealthy expressions of spiritual gifts, which has now led to confusion and hurt. Unhealthy expressions of spiritual gifts, which has led to a lot of confusion and church hurt. And so now is anything spiritual like I'm good. Is that church the weird church? Is it? Do they do weird things? Do they speak over you? Do they lay hands on you? I'm, I'm good. That's weird. And you've probably had some bad experiences because it wasn't taught, but it was expressed. And people told you to do certain things and you, you follow certain prophecies and words and, and, and now your life's all messed up because you're hurt. And that was, you know, and so there you're either unaware or it was unhealthy. Very in, in 16 years of following Christ. I can probably count on one hand the individual people I've met that have had healthy teaching and experiences, balance, holistic, balance teaching and experiences with spiritual gifts. Good. And so, two keys today. Number one, I wanna help you go ahead and write this down recognize your spiritual gifts if you're in Christ, recognize your spiritual gifts. And, and we, we do that here practically through super steps. So we, we give you a, a spiritual gifts test. And it's really just a starter to help you discover your spiritual gifts. And I encourage you, if you've ever been through super steps, go back to your documentation and, and lean into the top four or five gifts that you scored the most points on. Lean into that, pray into that. Week four, we're going to teach you how to grow in your grace. Like the things you need to be doing in your everyday life to grow in your anointing. And um, and so lean into those top four or five. And then so if you're interested, May 29th, uh, you know, figuring out your spiritual gifts, joining the church. Great step for you in your, your faith walk. And number two, I want to help you recognize the spiritual gifts of other believers so you can grow to appreciate them because you need the gifts of others. And we're going to end with that. That thought is is the reason why the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts and we'll end with that that thought. But, but you need to recognize, man, that the reason that person does that or talks that way or serves that way or is good with that is because the Holy Spirit has given them that. And, and I need that. They, they need what I have, and I need what they have. And, and God just does, he, he changes a city, and it's, it's great. And so today we're going to open up 1 Corinthians 12. Paul the apostle writes to the church in Corinth. Um, they, they, have a lot of questions on spiritual gifts. You got some crazy folks there who are doing crazy stuff and P- Paul had to deal with a lot in Corinth. And so, um, you know, we're, we're going to do a series one day called who, who is, who is Paul? And I think it's important that we understand who Paul is, but for now, just believe me when I say he's an important guy and he, he wrote, he wrote your new Testament, most of it. All right. So let's dive into it here. Cause I got a lot of material. My God, 25 minutes. Okay. Now, dear brothers and sisters, Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. All right, we'll skip down to verse, verse 4. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. That's important. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So, so let me stop because this was a point and I took it out, but let me just kind of insert it here. Um, some of you will say, my old church used to do this. <coughs> my new church doesn't do this. That's because God has graced that church to do that. God has not graced your new church to do that. Um, same spirit, different styles. And, and, and the style is tailored towards the needs of the church and of the city right? That preacher, the gift that that preacher have, has is geared towards the needs of that city and that church. The, the pr- pastors you receive, their teaching style, preaching style is, is tailored towards the needs of this church, okay? So God didn't release that grace. You, you never want to operate outside of your gift. That's when you start hurting people and, and you, you get in trouble. You want to operate in the realm or in the sphere of your influence and grace, okay? So same God, Different church name, different denomination, different city, but, 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 you know, you know, different expressions and all that stuff. Verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. We're going to end with that. All right. To one, to, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice to another. The same spirit gives a message of special knowledge to another, um, to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. Um, he, he gives one person the, the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in an unknown in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. Someone say gifts. He alone decides he alone, not your pastor, not you. So so, so the Holy Spirit gives you your gift. Okay. He alone decides uh, which gift each believer, each person should have. And so what I'm going to do over the next 12 minutes (laughs) (laughs) is I'm going to break down eight of the nine gifts listed here. And um, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into a few and we're going to stay surface with some of them just just to get through this material. And then it's, it's, it's your responsibility to go home and open the word of God for yourself and, and ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to you about these matters. But I'll get us started. OK, so let's talk about number one, the gift of wisdom. The gift of wisdom. And it's simply the ability to give clear direction on the best way forward. God has gifted some of you with the gift of wisdom. And, 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 and a lot of times when you're, when you're seeking wisdom, you ought to seek out trusted leaders yes, and fellow believers who you trust. And, and these individuals typically give you biblical advice, yes. biblical advice rooted in the truth of God's word. Their advice doesn't come from an outside source. It doesn't come from a a dark spirit. It doesn't come from a soothsayer or a psychic, which is tapping into the demonic realm. Listen, listen, as a spiritual father, let let me admonish you. Don't let someone read your palm. When when you do that, I got to wake you all up. When you do that, you're allowing the dark, the kingdom of darkness into your life. And, and so if, if you need some advice and some wisdom, go to a spiritual leader, go to someone who is a pastoral covering and they, they love you. You may not know him personally, but you need to learn how to introduce yourself and say, Hey, I, I got a question. Hey, I know you don't know me, but <laughs> I got a question and c- can you pray for me? And what do you think about this? Because you see the fruit of their lives. And, and so you, you need to go to, to someone who's going to give you biblical advice rooted in the truth of God's word. I think about people like Pastor Ken Hester, who, who, who God has used to just help give, give me some wisdom along the way. He never really gives me the answer be, because you need faith for the answer. Um, God, God has your answer. But these are people who can help you along the way in your finances, in your marriage, in your singleness. And you really want to lean into their word. Number two, the gift of knowledge. Now, this is this is when God gives someone the ability to know what they should not know. Meaning, um, if if you've been around uh, seasoned believers, someone may say to you, hey, um, does a white house on the countryside. You know. And you. Yeah. My grandma and grandpa raised me my mom and dad was never in my life and they had a white house on the countryside. That person, that person shouldn't, know- shouldn't have known that, but the spirit has given them the gift of knowledge. And the reason that person has the gift of knowledge is to encourage you. They're letting you know that God sees you and he knows your past and he knows your present and he has a plan for your future. And if you have the gift of knowledge, y- you just simply enter in just with a question. there's a healthy way to do it. You don't come in. God, God is showing me a white house on the countryside. Stop. Stop it. You come in with a question, right? And then you say, okay. And then you minister to that person's need from that place is because it's not about you, right? They've been given to help The church, to edify and strengthen the church. All right, number three, the gift of faith. This is the ability to believe God for what he has promised. All right? It's the ability to believe God for what he has promised. Plenty of stories in Scripture. (laughs) Oh, my God. From Genesis to Revelation. Plenty of stories in Scripture. Now, this is how the gift of faith looks in real time, okay? When most people are down and negative Mm -hmm. and few people are up and positive, that person has the gift or the grace of faith. And, And the world usually doesn't understand those individuals like, why are you so up? And don't you see the situation we're in? Well, let me let me help you understand they're operating in the gift or the anointing of faith. So, so they'll they'll look certain things in the face they'll look you know global issues and, and national issues and local issues in the face and say we're going to get through this yes. and, and 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 we're going to we're going we're going to come out better and god's going to get the glory out of it and and god has still promised us a lot of great guys don't you see it and you know like no nah, life really sucks right now and they're like they're like i need to find new friends cuz you guys suck but, but what, what's happening is the gift of faith is welling up on the inside of them. And, and so usually people with the gift of faith have a core belief in God's best. Yes. There's a core belief that, yeah, this hurts, this sucks, but God is going to turn it around. There's something within them that they just can't let go of. And, and they believe. Um, usually people, if you're taking notes with gift of faith, they have a strong conviction about future possibilities. And they can't be shaken. A strong conviction. And, and w- when most people can't see it, they see it. That's a gift. Yes. And, and, and we need to learn to latch on to When we don't have faith, we need to learn to latch on to our friends who can see it. Yes. Right? You may not be able to see it, but they can latch on to them. And as you journey with them, God will begin to open your eyes. Um, also, another thing about people with the gift of faith. I think I'm spending time on this because I have this gift. Um, it's, I am. I love this gift because I'm like, um, and, uh, on some real stuff. I joked about it last year. But yes, as our house was burning, like I remember the smoke and the fire going across the roof. And it, I'm I'm standing, what, probably, probably 50 feet from the house. I'm just right there and all. But there's half and half. Half of me couldn't believe it was happening. But the other half of my spirit was like, God's going to get the glory out of this. There was something in me, weirdly enough, that was excited about the house burning down. I just, and, and now a year later, I, I, all the thing, if I had time, I could tell you all the blessings that came from it. That, that's what was happening. And so um, um, another thing real quick, write this down. People with the gift of faith, watch this, are willing to work for what God has promised. Amen, amen. They got a different type of work ethic. They're, they're strategic. They're focused. They're not derailed because they they see it and they know that they have a responsibility. God has his, but to get to where God has promised them, right? Ask the father of your faith, Abraham. That brother worked. All right, we'll keep going. All right, so (laughs) the gift of healing. Let's talk about it. All right, now I got to take some time on this too. All right, this is the ability to bring wholeness to broken places the ability to bring wholeness to broken places, primarily through prayer, primarily. But God even graces people with healing, th- those who are in the realm of counseling and those who are in the realm of medicine, but primarily through faith and the laying on of hands. Yes, yes, yes. All right, and, and so this is so key when it comes to someone who you know, they've exercised the gift of healing within someone else's life in the past. And, 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 and um, this is so key. So the person with the gift, watch this, has to have the faith to believe that God can heal. Right? Every gift is supported actually by the gift of faith. Right? They have to have the faith. And the person looking to receive the healing must have the faith to believe that God can heal. If, if, if both don't have faith, God will not heal. Watch this though. And, and so this is where we get discouraged sometimes, because some people who have been used by God to heal, they'll go to the next situation and they'll pray and they won't be able to heal. Both parties have faith, but the healing doesn't happen. All right. There's a reason for that. And it's simply because God determines the outcome. Amen. That's good. So don't be discouraged if you prayed in the past and someone was healed you come back a month later and pray for someone else and they weren't God always determines the outcome and there's a reason why they weren't healed there's a few reasons why when people with the gift of healing they can't heal sometimes and number one I believe it's because God is building a deeper trust in the person who is broken he's building a deeper trust And we're trying to pray away cancer and pray away, you know, whatever it is. And and, and it it won't break off. It won't break off. And that's probably because the person needs to really lean more into God. Um, Number two, God is building their testimony. So no matter how much we pray or believe. If God is building their story for more people in the future, he won't release the healing. So I, I just, I, I just want to encourage you, right? Because you've you prayed, and, and, and even you guys, you don't know if you have the gift of healing. You're just praying, and things won't break. Doors won't open. Things won't change. God is probably still writing your story. The breakthrough will come, but, but, but he's writing your story. And then the third reason is for their endurance. He, he's strengthening them. All right, and then number five, the gift of miracles. We won't spend a lot of time on this. We'll define it. This is the ability to bring about God-like results. And 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 just right now, we're. I'll tell you this: miracles are both instant and incremental. A lot of times, when we think about miracles, we think we pray and it happens. No, a lot of miracles take time. Right. A lot of. Uh, okay. At one point. Everything that's happening in this moment existed in a yellow composition notebook seven years ago. But through the gift of faith, we've been able to see the miracle of Highlight Church come to be. It's been incremental. You understand? So, so you, you may be looking for a miracle, but it may take time. Y'all okay? Yes. All right, now let, let's get into it. We're going to dive a little bit deep here, okay? The gift of prophecy. Okay, this is the ability to proclaim the scripture. That's that's first guys, if you're taking notes, so important, because a lot of times we jump to the second part of the definition. Many of us think that prophecy is only the ability to foretell the future. It is first the ability to proclaim scripture. So for 35 minutes, watch this. I am prophesying to you. (laughs) So you need a prophetic word. Go home. And watch this message. So that, that's first. Number two is the ability to foretell the future. God reveals the future, all right? And, and so I, I want to encourage us. Paul even says, I pray that you all w- would desire the gift of prophecy because prophecy edifies the church. Whenever you, can, whenever, whenever you pray for someone and, and God reveals something to you about about that person's life, you can encourage them and push them forward and, 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 and strengthen their faith and move them forward. Paul says, I wish we all would have the gift of prophecy. He said, Des- desire it, pray for it. He said, I wish that we all, but I want to caution us on some things real quick, Okay. So, so understand this. Some prophesy out of a desire to be heard. Yeah, on, Some people prophesy because they, they have the grace, but they don't have the platform that they think they deserve. So they just look for anyone whose ear is itching yep. for a word. So you really, you really got to, got to watch it. The the Bible even says Thessalonians, Paul says, um, don't despise prophecy. Don't despise it. Don't shun it, but test all spirits. Don't, don't just someone, someone come, you know, even a fellow superhero, someone come to you and I see a blue cloud of pink water dropping on your head. And it means that you are going to have quadruplets in the And then you come and you tell your pastors and we're like, and you're excited about it. Slow down. Slow down. Let's 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 test the spirit. And it's important. The reason I'm saying this is guys, I'm trying to this is steak and potatoes. Now, watch this. It's important because all prophecy has an assigned delivery date. The person with the grace may receive it. But let me help you. Those who have the the gift and the grace of prophecy. You need to be very careful on when you deliver it. Some of you guys are prophesying out of time. And, And you have to understand something about this grace that's on your life. Whenever you prophesy over people, they take your words as the word of God. And they act on it. And so if you prophesy outside of the Spirit's timing... And people are going after this thing. You could be rushing a process that God has not called them to quite yet. We can clap our hands for that. And and this is where church hurt and unhealthy spiritual gifts happen. Because we want to be heard or we, we want to be affirmed in our prophetic gifting versus saying, I need to wait and run this thing by my pastor to see if I can deliver this thing right now. All prophets should be under pastoral covering and you need to run it by your covering. And and this is what Paul is dealing with in 1 Corinthians 14. He says this here. Let two or three people prophesy and let others, watch this, evaluate what is said. So before you go and build your life on it, evaluate it. Assess it. Right? And he says this here. In this way, Verse 31, in this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak. There's a turn for you to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people watch this. Remember that people who prophesy here it is are in control of their spirit and can take turns. Listen, you're in control. You, You can say, okay, God. I got that word for that person, but hold on. I need to be in order. Paul is saying that you're in control. Because I, when it's my turn, when it is time to deliver this message, I want it to be God's timing and, and not my flesh itching for a platform. Hold on, wait. And don't just let it settle. And, and for confirmation. You're in control. Even when I teach, I, I go back sometimes, and I beat myself up. I'm like, Lord, I ain't have to do all that. The, the Lord reminds me, he says, Josh, it's fine. I got you, grace. But you're in control. So go back, go back out in your next sermon and try to lean it up a little bit. Get, get the meat to them. Don't, don't do all that fluff stuff. Lean it up. Like, even as I'm teaching, I am in control. At no point does the Holy Ghost ever take over and start doing all this crazy stuff. No. Like, I am in control. Right? And it says this here. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. It says this here. Watch this. If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I am saying is a command from the Lord himself. If you claim to be a prophet and you're mature, you need to recognize that it's in order and you need to agree that this is what's best, not just for you but for the church, all right? Then he says this, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. The spirit will never operate outside of order. This is why we clean up and practically speaking, we we put away trash and we paint our buildings and we make it look amazing and we have the kit because things must be in order before God moves. You know what I'm saying? And, and, so, and, and so why is this important? Write these few notes down. People with the grace of prophecy, here it is. Number one, you need to be patient in your delivery. For many of you, as you grow in Christ, you're going to have the prophetic gift. Some of you have it now. You just don't recognize that that's what it is. You have dreams and you see things, but you don't know how to interpret them. You, you have the prophetic gifting, so this is important to understand now. Number two, clarify with pastoral covering. Before you deliver that prophecy, come to your pastor and say, this is what God revealed to me. All right. Why? Three reasons. Number one, for your development as a prophetic individual. God wants you to be excellent. He wants you to grow. God may put you on national platforms one day. You may write books one day, but he won't if you're out of order when you're a rookie. Your development. Number two, their encouragement. Their encouragement. um, Let me sum this up. Help me, Holy Spirit, do it in 60 seconds. Okay, in the book of 1 Kings 13, this is important. um, There is a young prophet that God gave a word. He said, go and prophesy against um, the king that's on the throne right now. And and he did. And the prophet did what God told him to do. He was going back home. An old prophet was at home, and his sons were at this event where the young prophet obeyed God and did this miracle. The sons of this old prophet went and told the old prophet, who was past his time, what the young prophet had did. And so he saddled up his donkey. He met the young prophet on the way. Thank you, mama. You're shaking your head and seizing mama in the house. He, he saddled his donkey. He He met the young prophet along the way, and he said, come to my house and have dinner with me, and let's talk. And the young prophet said that the Lord has told me to not turn right or left. I'm going home. The Bible says this. The Bible says that the old prophet lied and said, well, the Lord has given me a word. And told me to tell you to come with me. So the young one had already received the word from God. This person with this prophetic gift prophesying out of flesh. And because he didn't have a platform, lied from a human place. And that young prophet changed his direction, changed the direction and the timing of everything God had for his life. Went to have dinner with this prophet and the word of the Lord came to the young prophet during dinner. And God said, you will not be buried with your ancestors. You will die on the way home. He saddled his donkey and and a, and a, a lion mauled him. And then this this old prophet felt bad that he had lied to the young man. Went and found his body and buried him. You see what I'm saying, guys? With the, this grace, yep. yes. and and you know when people are itching for something, they they want that business or they want that baby or they want that thing, and and you say, well, I, I see this in your life, and they they force it, you, and you 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 force their timing to be off. It's biblical. Yes. And and so. And then it's for the church's health. Number seven, the gift of discernment. It's the ability to identify truth and falsehood. I, I think when you're a mom, God just gives you that gift. I just, uh, you had a baby, bam. You're just going to need that. Um, I, w- I was, I was watching another church. They kind of did a similar video as ours for moms and th- their kids were like, mommy has eyes in the back of her head. Yes. It's the gift of discernment. Yeah. All right. Number eight, gift of tongues. Ah, dang it. All right. This is the ability to encourage yourself. Here it is, church. Y'all okay? Yes. All right. Through prayer in an unknown language. Okay. I'm, I'm going to zip through this. I'm going to have to spend a whole Sunday on this one. Okay. So 1 Corinthians fourteen four. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. That, that, that's just the foundation of that. And, and really, tongues is praying in the spirit. So you're praying, but the Holy Spirit wells up. And I've heard it said in the past, and I, I haven't agreed with this, that you'll hear a voice or... Or or you may be speaking in an ancient Hebrew or something. I don't know. I just know that when you're praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit wells up and you just let go. And you're speaking in an unknown language. And Paul teaches in Corinthians 14 that when when you pray in tongues and you know you have this gift and you develop this gift, you're encouraging your mind and your heart. So, so when you have the gift, you can pray in tongues in the car, you can pray in the bathroom, you can pray at work, but it's, it's a time where you can, you can, you can encourage your spirit. How do you cultivate this? Well, number one, through a consistent prayer life, you need a consistent prayer life. And also guys, during worship, open your mouths, please, please guys, please begin to just pray. Just thank God and God, help me. God, heal. God, move. Like, don't, don't just be silent on the down times of the song. Begin to pray. And if you do that long enough, and if you fill your home with worship, and, and fill your car with worship, and you begin to thank God on the way to work and on the way to school, you'll begin to, you know, it, it, it'll just start coming out. That's right, that's right. And you, you don't know what you're saying, but the Bible says that it's, it's a gift for you to encourage your soul. You can be having the worst day of your life. Tap into the gift of tongues and something supernatural just hits you. All right. And so let me give you two points of encouragement as we close. Y'all okay? All right. All right. Let's get you on home. Number one, we can ask for spiritual gifts. We can ask for spiritual gifts. You can ask for, for any gift. God actually wants you to have all of them. You can ask for for spiritual gifts, but please don't ask for self or for platform. Let me give you a tip. The motive must be love. The, The reason you want the supernatural gifts of God and even the practical and natural blessings of the world, the motive must be love or God will not give it. Because what he's going to do is he's going to examine your heart and he's going to see, does this person have the Christ-like character to receive the spiritual blessings and the natural ones? And if your heart's right, God has no problem blessing your life. Love must be, the motive must be love. Let me, let me even put you up on this. As your pastor, I have, this is crazy. I've never, even though the Bible says, and I'm gonna show you the verses here in a second, I've never asked for a spiritual gift. And I hear people say all the time, I wish I could dream like that, or I wish I could. I'm not saying don't, I'm just saying that going before you in Christ, I have never asked for a platform or a spiritual gift in my life. I've only wanted three things since coming to Christ. I've wanted people to understand the Bible, to know Jesus, and to experience true life. That's all I've ever wanted. Even when I was a baby Christian, I I got in this Bible and I said, man, more people need to know this. And so I invite friends up, guys, y'all wouldn't, y'all wouldn't believe my first church. My real, my, my first real church. This is free Pastor Kyra Bible study days. Um, you don't even, I, I think I told you about it. Maybe you don't. Y'all won't remember my, first, oh man, my first pulpit, y'all. Oh my God, I'm, I'm ashamed to even tell y'all this. But my best friend said, I support you. I was like five years into Christ. And I said, man, I want to start a Bible study. And he said, I, I support you, bro. I said, okay, cool. I said, well, let's invite our friends over and let's see how many people come and I would prepare and we would interchange weeks of teaching and I would prepare, he would prepare. My first pulpit y'all was, a, was an ironing board with a beach towel over it. And I had my Bible in my nose. Say welcome to Bible study everybody. It'd be three people right here in my living room. And the only re- the, the reason it was so call it naive or dumb or whatever, I don't know. It, it's, I just want them to know what God had shown me. And I want them to go go home and apply it and be blessed. And just after years of a pure heart, God has said, okay, you get prophecy, you you get tongues, you you get the gift of healing, you get the gift of faith. He's just put it in me as I've just simply desired for people to know Christ. That's it. That's it. Some people say, I want a dream like that, Josh. I'm like, Every time someone says that, I'm like, don't ask for it. Just love people. Matter of fact, it says this here. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. 1 Corinthians 13. Happy Valentine's. If I could speak... Some of y'all will catch that later. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, tongues, but don't love others... I would gain nothing. The motive must be love. Spiritual gifts, worldly gifts. It must be, I want this degree to help the world. Not because there's a salary attached to it. So have kids, have real talks with your parents as you grow up. Because they're always going to shoot towards, oh, was going to make you more money. No, no, no. Dad, mom, I want to help people. The money will come through my love. All right, and, and, and it'll come, it'll come. And, and then number two, this is it. We're gifted to be a gift. Yes. Wow. We are gifted to be a gift. Right. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help. Someone say help. Hello. Help each other. I, lo- I love it, I love it. So, so here it is, this is the idea. I bring my gift you bring your gift, you bring your gift, you bring your gift, and we all get to get to receive the gifts of each other. So, so yeah, I, I do think about the kids team and and the parking team and the, con- the connections team and the worship team and, and my gift of teaching and being, being present and just loving and being kind and smiling and when we, when your gift of encouragement, there, there are gifts that we're going to talk about. Romans 12, your gift of prophecy, your, your gift of generosity. When we bring the gifts together, what God does is He, he builds this, this place of healing and, and power and restoration. That's what He does. Come on, let's celebrate that, church.